Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy, and we've got a great show coming up. It's just Tara and I, and we're talking the Blazer teen years and what has been going on around the league and with our beloved Blazers. But before we get started, we're going to do our icebreaker. Tara, you want to introduce this one since you came up with the geniusness? I sure will. We're probably going to talk about this more later, but this is inspired by our uh, Knicks and their... uh, their to-do that they've had going on with Spike Lee, but it got me thinking, uh, who should the Blazers celebrity ambassador be? Okay. So, I feel like I could have gone down the path of, like, celebrities, celebrities, but instead I keep thinking, I feel like there'd be nothing more Portland and more Rip City than an old Blazer just being our celebrity. And so I think, what if Rasheed Wallace just sat courtside for every game and was our hype man? I mean, maybe occasionally he might be asked to stop yelling at an official or two. And I think it would be amazing. And so I think we should, in true Portland fashion, get a little crazy with it. I nominate Rasheed Wallace and Detroit fight me. Um <laughs> You heard it here first. Okay, so I absolutely love the idea of a former trailblazer being the celebrity ambassador. I like like did not even cross my mind. Uh mm-hmm. and I was afraid you were gonna say Bill Walton, who, God bless him, won the helped win the Blazers a championship, but as we all well know, he has many other active interests. And yeah. uh, he's probably much too busy, let's just say that, uh, to be the Blazers celebrity ambassador. Oh, my God. I love that idea, though. I wonder. I mean, he wouldn't. I'm afraid that he might not be that into Rashid might not come back because I understand that he is very involved in coaching right now. But you know what? Maybe it's just because he just hasn't been offered the chance. Yeah. Or down the road. I'm open. So whenever this needs to happen, even if Rashid Wallace is 80 years old on the sidelines screaming, I want that to happen. Okay, I love it. Wow, you've like totally derailed me because that is such a genius idea <laughs> to have a, a former Blazer. But I'll go with what my, uh, my original thought was. And I tweeted about this the other day because I just thought it was so hilarious that um, – Somebody had said something about, I think it was a one of the Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard comparisons, mm-hmm. and Katie Lang just jumps in someone's yeah. mentions and just defends Damian Lillard. And I, so first of all, I love Katie Lang, the musician. She's like got one of the most gorgeous voices. I love all her albums. They remind me of college. I used to like sit there in a dark room and listen to all her very soulful albums like Shadowland, which was so gorgeous. And the fact that she's now become this massive Trailblazer fan and will defend my favorite point guard in the entire world, I just, I love it so much. So I think it would also just be very Portland to have Katie Lang, a Canadian, Mm -hmm. be our, um, (laughs) the the local celebrity. Uh, Yeah. So I'm sure our (laughs) listeners probably have some other also really good ideas and they should totally email us at hoopsandtalks at gmail.com or tweet at us to tell us what their ideas are for Portland celebrity ambassadors. Yeah. I mean, we already have so many too. They're just not there all the time. No, so. no. We need somebody that has like is in a, yeah. s- a special free time all the time. Yeah. Now I'm like 
I'm I'm kind of distracted because I'm thinking about who would my former blazer that I would want to come back. And sadly, you know who would have been awesome and he was an ambassador was Jerome. You know, he's unfortunately not available and he would have been just so great in that role. I can see him standing up and going and talking over to the <laughs> talking to the rest. Oh yeah. Cuz it's would have been amazing. willing to like defend the team. And and that's why I like oh, Katie. Like, she was just ready to just jump into the mentions and just be like, no, 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 no. Go for it. <laughs> yes. Right on. <laughs> well, let's move on. So, Cassidy, I am leaving tomorrow morning on a jet plane to go to Phoenix. I'm going to go see the Blazers play in Phoenix on Friday. I'm so excited. I am so excited for you. I know. We've got a uh, couple of women from the Women's Hoops and Talks group. Mr. Team Mom is also coming along, and I cannot wait to get into the sunshine. Although today has been quite nice, so – but – it's it was like 85 in Phoenix, so I'm super looking forward to that. So I will give you a report from the road. But we are recording this on Wednesday night, so we are before Damian Lillard's first game back. When it comes to the Blazers and how they have been playing lately, they still are not that far out of the playoff race. No. You got anything? I mean, it's doable. Mm-hmm. I believe. I think we can be that seed. I think we can be that eighth seed. Well, the thing is, is that all the people that they're in competition with are helping them. Like, you know, I mean, sadly, my second favorite team, the Grizzlies, have now been plagued by injuries. So they are not Mm -hmm. playing as well as they were. But the Pelicans lost. The there's just it's that time of year where just crazy things happen. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, who did what? Like. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not in the race with Denver, but Golden State just came and just pounded Denver. Uh, yeah, Minnesota beat the Pelicans. Yeah, it's just it's it's all over the board. So yeah, where where are you in terms of like how much does it matter to you whether or not they make the playoffs? Does it matter a lot? A lot. Okay. A lot. It means more basketball. It means, I mean, playoff atmosphere basketball is so fun. And I watch all of the playoffs as much of it as I possibly can, no matter what team it is. But it's just so fun to root for someone. And honestly, I would never count Damian Lillard out of a playoff series ever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what seed we are. I'm never going to count him out because we've seen what he can do. And I wholeheartedly believe in him. So I believe in his leadership. I believe that it could happen. I believe in the fairy tale ending. <laughs> I know. I, and also, I kind of want to be a villain. Like, I would love to be the number one seed. Make us the villain. There's been so many villains. <laughs> I want a chance. Yes, beating the number yeah. one seed would be quite awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering how you think, because I guess I sort of assumed that Nurkic would be back by now or or back soon and where it's really unclear where they are in that like what if the blazers headed in as the eighth seed with no Nurkic as long as as well as no collins you know if they got nobody back and it was just the team as it is do you think that they would still learn enough that it would be worth it or how Mm -hmm. yeah i think at this point you're not getting the number one pick next year so go for it. Like, truly go for it. You've got all these young players that could be so inspired by that chance. And if you can get a team that has 
been so, so impacted by the young players because we haven't had anybody all season. I think what what a great confidence booster for some of those guys to be like, yeah, like, or maybe we even do have Nurkic back, but we got us here. And like, how powerful is that? So, yes. How do you feel about it? So I, I loved what Joe said when she was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And she was like, just play the young guys in the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, against the number one seed and just see what happens. I, I once read a study that talked about what was it was trying to look at what was more valuable for player development. Was it? Um, having vets on the team or was it playoff experience? And in the study that they did, it was actual playoff experience, no matter who you were around that made the biggest Uh impact on the way they were measuring, you know, success year over year for the young guys. But yeah, I, I love the, I, I love the idea of those guys going in and uh, you know, they don't have anything to lose. Right. And you know, like Gary Trent, he doesn't have anything. Although, I mean, we pretty much have the 2018 Summer League Championship roster right now. I mean, they don't have Jake, but they got Caleb back. They got Caleb and Gary Trent and Anthony Simon. So they are experienced when it does come to yeah. deep championship runs of a sort. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they came home with the trophy. <laughs> they did. That's one of my – that's actually one of my favorite – blazer memories of the last several years is just the fact that they went and won that championship series and i know it's not worth anything but it is it's worth something it is worth something it's worth something <laughs> anyway we shall see you know I, i'm mm-hmm. like you damian lord is never out so we'll see what happens tonight when he comes back we'll see how the next few weeks unfold so yeah uh mario hazonia has had a little bit more run recently and in Orlando yeah. against his former team. He had a really nice game. He also had, I can't remember if it was Boston or Indiana where he had a pretty Im- impactful game, but he's been, you know, making some, um, making some difference when he gets time mm-hmm. on the floor these days. And he even got himself so worked up that he got a fine. <laughs> From, I loved it. Yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me what you thought. Okay. So I think I think that grabbing of the hand avoided CJ being ejected from that game. Cause it was so close. Like I think it had a ref heard like two more sentences from CJ. It was gonna be like, get out of here. Um I know that they say the C, the T was on CJ. That's that's not true. That the no, that's not what happened. They had to go say that later because Mario Hazonia otherwise mm-hmm. was playing with two technicals. <laughs> Yeah, so just, it was such a bonkers, like, series, like, part of that game. But in reality, like, I think he showed what a good teammate he is in that moment to be like, no, I got this. Like, I will take a hit if it means that CJ, who's clearly on fire in this game, needs to be on this court. I got you. Mm -hmm. And it kind of reminds me of the kind of things that, like, Nurk has a tendency to do with players. Like, the way he kind of guides them. And so I, I liked it. I was like, yeah. I yeah. was not mad at it at all. I was super happy to, A, obviously see Mario having an impactful game and looking like he was having fun because this, yeah. this hasn't looked like it's been very fun for him. And so that got him a little riled up. But the whole thing, I just love the whole thing. And like, I, 
after after so after Mario touched CJ and then the ref went after Mario and then Trevor Ariza swept in to like get CJ mm-hmm. out of there. I don't know if anybody else noticed it, but as I was watching it, I was thinking, oh, like, because the way Trevor, like, had his arms around (laughs) CJ and CJ was kind of, like, rocking back and forth. And so Trevor was rocking back and forth with him to, like, try to, like, block him from going off. It looked like they were at, like, a seventh grade dance. And it was (laughs) so cute. And just the whole, like, sometimes when guys have something to overcome and something to, like, you know, be in mm-hmm. together. I just I enjoy that, and I I made a gift yeah. of that part of the game because it just it cracked me up so hard because it I just in my, the back of my mind I was hearing goodbye Ruby Tuesday, you know, in the basement <laughs> of Chapman, you know, l- listening to it and like the kind of slow dancing where you like don't ever actually touch each other, but you're just kind yeah. of like rocking back and forth. That's what it looked like to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good on Mario. Um, yeah. And Ariza. Yes. Um, good moment. Good good team win there. I mean, I know it had been rough. It's a rough road trip, but it was a good team win. It was a good, good to come home on a win. Always. It's surprising to me how much, despite the losses mounting up, how it's still fun to watch. Like, yeah. I mean, some games, I will admit... Yeah. <laughs> Some games are rough. Yeah. Uh, they're rough. And a lot of it depends on, you know, if it's the starters in there trying to, like, drag it out and come from behind when they're 15 down and they get it to 10. If it's the young guys in there 15 down and they get it to 10, you know, I, I'm loving Wenyan <laughs> diving on the floor. Biggie will dive on the no. floor for anything. I mean, that dude is <laughs> so tough. He's got people, bodies flying on top of him. I, it's It's enjoyable. Yeah, it's fun. Do you think we've learned anything significant while Damien has been out? I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot to be learned, but I think we were reminded about CJ again because I think a lot of the time we Dame leads so well and everything happens, and then I think sometimes it takes something to get CJ like can like back in the limelight. I think CJ always contributes a lot to the game, but I think there are times where we see CJ more in that superstar esque role and I don't know I think it could could help ignite the team overall because once when they're both on fire it's hard to stop them like they're an amazing combo and so I feel like we see CJ have this kind of like upturn and then we're gonna get Dame back and then hopefully Dame will be healthy and then it'll It'll just feel great. <laughs> I think it was really nice to have CJ carry so much weight for a while because it kind of got him to work mm-hmm. out some of the shooting struggles that had been earlier. He was a little bit streaky having on on nights, yeah. off nights, and just having to be like up to his eyeballs in it every night. You know, he had to be on and it seems like he's kind of gotten into a rhythm still Mm -hmm. so fun to watch the you know different moves that he can do on the court the way that he can create for himself uh the blazers have as we all well know are 30th in the league in assists and they've not moved up at all (laughs) while cj's been handling the ball but they haven't really 
gone down significantly in terms of the number of assists that they get. Like with CJ, they were averaging 19.8 and with Dame leading the charge, they've been averaging 20. So it wasn't like the assist rate just like totally tanked. Um, That's just not how the Blazers are built. So that was nice to see. Their rebounding has gone down pretty significantly. They went from 10th in the league with Damian Lillard to 17th in the league which I thought was very curious because it's not like Dame gets a ton of rebounds. So my thought on that is I was thinking that they're getting uh, fewer rebounds because I think Hassan is, I haven't looked in to see who's getting fewer rebounds, but I think everybody else is kind of on alert trying to figure out how to create offense without Damien. So maybe they're not. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was an interesting thing. But yeah, so CJ That is really interesting. CJ without Dame has gone from averaging 22.5 points to 33.3 points per game. That's a huge jump. That's a huge jump. Yeah, from 19.6 field goal attempts to 25.5. So he's getting like six more attempts per game. God, his arms must be so mm-hmm. tired. Um and he's gone from 4.2 assists up to 8.3. So I think I think what it's what it means is that once we get the whole gang back together, I think that, you know, I mean, the teams already were realizing that Dame and CJ were shooting threats, but maybe they're even a little bit more um, worried about that now because they've seen that CJ yeah. can and CJ has now, you know, mm-hmm. got a couple weeks full, you know, full of passing the ball around. I don't know. Um, yeah. Gary is the other person, obviously, my uh, super, I'm Gary's super fan now that Scal is gone and Gary has come on. He's got a step yes. back three. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's got all these things that he can do and he just looks solid. He looks like a seasoned vet. It's awesome. I'm worried that he doesn't have a nickname that I know of. Do you have any ideas for a Gary Trent Jr. nickname? I mean, I just always refer to him as my fashion icon and king of the, which is the hand gesture he always yeah. does. And then I do the just hand gesture. Um, yeah. Somebody, we need a Gary Trent Jr. nickname. I know. I, Get on it, world. The, <laughs> I think it was somebody from Peeps and Plaid, I think, uh, tweeted uh, Trent Nato, which I thought was nice. I thought that worked well, especially, you know, on, in a spin move situation. But, I, yeah, I just – I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, another thing we need our listeners to do is tweet us and email us at – hoopsandtalks at gmail.com with your Gary Trent Jr. Mm-hmm. nickname suggestions. So I hope to have a lot of suggestions that we can vet next week. Awesome. Well, do you want to do listener mail? Go for it. Okay. So we do have some listener mail this week. So excited. This is from Sam. Sam is a regular writer and it's so great to hear what Sam is thinking about. So here's the latest. I have been watching the Blazers lately without Dame. Everybody is always like trade CJ, trade CJ, trade CJ. Why don't the Blazers move CJ to the bench and Gary to his spot? Then Dame plays with more of a two and CJ plays with Ant. I think that would help because seeing CJ without Dame for this stretch has shown me how great he is. Also, 
Y'all answered my questions and concerns about Hassan. I got to admit I was wrong. I'm totally changed and dig Hassan. I don't think it's fair that he gets ripped all the time for the struggles of this season. Okay, so how do you want to – where do you want to start? So we start with trading CJ and uh, moving him to the bench. What do you think? Uh, I don't think we can move CJ to the bench, but – I don't see a problem with really keeping that on off rotation once the initial kind of starters have gone off. And then you kind of go on under a rotation where they do switch off with each other because I think we have seen CJ really go for it. So I think moving people from the starting lineup is a, a, a tricky, tricky world uh, with a lot of psychology behind it, I feel like. And I just think maybe not. Not quite. Yeah. I don't think we're quite at that egoless world that we'd like to be that would allow that to happen. Um, yeah. But I, I agree with that. And I think that, I mean, I think CJ is still better than Gary. I think we've seen that Gary <laughs> yeah. has a higher ceiling maybe than we thought that he did. And I don't know <laughs> if that, I don't necessarily know that that CJ is, or that ceiling is higher than CJ's. But I do think that um, currently his floor is um, higher than we thought it was as well. But I don't think that – I think we might as well get Gary and Anthony Anthony time together. You know, you might as well Mm -hmm. play the two of them alongside each other. But like you said, the way that they do the rotation with the point guard, I think this just solidifies that, you know – that is probably the best use of those players right now, the way the team is constructed. Yeah. Second half about Hassan. Well, I'm glad to hear that uh, Sam has come around to enjoying Hassan. I'm not sure if I'm a hundred percent there, but I'm, I'm, I'm either like 125% there or I'm like, what is going on? And I just don't think I have like an in between. I'm just either like, obsessed or I'm just like, okay, maybe this just wasn't his game. Yeah. I think that adjusting to being without Damien was tough, but I think that they've gotten better. Um, I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. it took a while for Damien and Hassan to get that pick and roll timed out. And then suddenly CJ's in there doing the pick and roll with him. And, you know, CJ's not as much of a pick and roller as Dame is. And so they got to figure out other ways to use Hassan. So mm-hmm. I think it was uh, a bit of an adjustment and I think he'll probably be more careful once or not careful. I'm sorry, more comfortable once Damien comes yeah. back. But again, insofar as the whole point of Hassan Whiteside this year was to fill in for Nurkic, he's fine. Mm-hmm. He's done an absolutely yeah. fine job and he's also been entertaining and funny and, you know, kept us mm-hmm. – um, you know, kept us funny again <laughs> or kept us, kept us laughing in yeah. times when things were getting rough. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was, a, it is an important thing. Let's see. Let's go to, let's go to the head and go to the jump to the draft. Should we do okay. that? Yeah. So last it. week we did the 2000s decade draft and this week, because coming up very soon is the all teens decade night. It's a weird thing to say. Uh, we decided that we would go ahead and roll right into drafting our team or choosing our team for the 
2010 to 2020 decade. But this time we decided that we were going to draft. So we can't Mm -hmm. have the same people on our team. So we are looking at Portland Trailblazers who played between 2010 and this season. And we agree that they needed to play at least one whole season. They couldn't like just you know, have started in 2009 and ended in 10. So they had to be with the whole season with the Blazers. So how do you want to do this draft? Do you want to do just take turns one after the other? Should we do a snake draft? There's only two of us. So how do you want to do it? I say, I say take turns and, and uh, rock, paper, scissors. Okay. You want to do rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. All right. Ready? Okay. You count us. Okay. Rock, paper, wait, wait, one, two, three, go, or one, two, three? Um, let's do one, two, three, and then do our thing. One, two, three, go. Okay. Okay, ready? Okay. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, okay. I'm papers, you're scissors. You get to go first. All right. Okay. I'm going to try to write these down. With, okay. Go perfect. ahead. With the, with the first pick in the uh, teens Blazers draft, I would like to select... Damian Lillard. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously that would have been mine too. All right. Well, then with my first pick of the teen draft, I'm going to go with Brandon Roy. Okay. Are you yeah, fair are, enough? Fair are enough. We, are we drafting like one of each position plus a player at large, or are you just going to take yeah. your top favorites? Oh, I still haven't decided. <laughs> Okay. Well, let's let's try. Let's go with one. Let's go with like drafting for positions. Positions. A, I'm with the okay. Plus yeah. a um a bench player. Okay. So with the second pick, who's your second pick? Oh, okay. With the second pick. Oh wow! I didn't think this would be so hard. Um, with the second pick, I am going to select Wesley Matthews. Okay, you're putting in Wesley Matthews. Are you putting him in at the two? Yeah. I, if if he was still on the board, I was going to take him, but I was going to slide him in as the three. Because he's actually Ooh. been playing the three since he left Portland more than he's been mm-hmm. playing the two, like according to basketball preference. Okay. Yeah. So you've got Damian Lillard and Wesley Matthews. With the my second pick, Oof, I am going to take LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, that was the debate in my mind. Okay. So Aldridge is off the board. Who's your third? Uh, My third pick is going to have to be... I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Yusuf Nurkic. Oh! That was going to be mine. Next. (laughs) Okay. I might have to slide into no i'm not sliding into sentimental favorites i'm going i'm still trying to build the best team here i mean okay me so, okay i took brandon roy as my number two and okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go in honor of his excellent performance the last couple weeks i'm gonna just get wild and choose cj and put him in as my point guard is that legal are you gonna do that yeah i am because i want him on my team yeah i mean 
That makes total sense. CJ and Brandon next to each other. That'd be really fun that to watch. That would be really fun. Um, okay. With the fourth pick. Fourth pick. Of the 2018. Seventh pick. Oh, yeah. Because of our, our seventh pick. Or, yeah. Numbers. Seventh pick. Um, ooh, this is so hard. I don't really. I had so many plans and then they went out the window. Um, <laughs> I know. I thought this was going to be like super easy and like, oh, that was boring. Mm. It's that three position, like the, at this, it's the small forward that <laughs> makes it. So mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. All right. Clock is ticking. I'm going to pick on the clock. Uh, seventh pick in the teens draft. Nicholas Batum. Oh, okay. So I don't know who that leaves at the three. So I'm going to go ahead and take my center at Ed Davis. Oh, wait. Oh, shoot. Can I change my mind? Yeah. Not that I don't love Ed Davis, but this is not. Mm-hmm. That's my sentimental team pick. I think my. Oh, no. Wait. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm going to go with Ed Davis. I'm just. I, yeah. Oh, my God. This I is almost really went with Ed Davis like forever ago. I um, There's one player that might, I think, be better at him than that. That who's on the board still. But I don't know. OK, you go. Now I got to go find a number three. I mean, you got power forward left. That's the easiest one. I've got like five power forwards that I love. I oh, know. That's my sentimental draft. <laughs> I know. That's the hard part. Um. Oh my god. Okay. I'm gonna go with power forwards. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I pick Marcus Camby as a power. Yeah, I'm going to go with Marcus Camby for the hell of it. All right. So I don't know why, but I did. My next pick, I can either pick my small forward or my at-large position. I guess with my small forward, did um, I guess I'll I guess I'll choose Harkless. I mean, I'm sorry. I'll choose Harkless because he's going to come play on this team and he's going to be amazing. Yeah, I want, I mean, I just want him for the pure headband factor. So that we, I mean, a team that headbands together wins together. (laughs) So we both have a at-large position and then I'll read the teams and we'll decide who would win. Wait. You want to, we each have have five, right? right? Yep. Okay. You have Damian Lillard, Wesley Matthews, Nicholas Batum, Marcus Camby, and Yusuf. Oh, Nurk. and and Nurk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. Who's your final pick? Who's the wild card? Oh man. Okay. We've gone to a sentimental for the entertainment factor alone. I'm going to select. Evan Turner. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> also, Evan Turner is apparently in Portland working out. Evan Turner, I believe we still have a spot on the team. <laughs> Why is no one calling you? I think, okay, so I'm also going totally sentimental with my final pick. Somebody mm-hmm. who I miss tremendously every single day, and that is Alpha Rukamino, Will is my sixth man. I was going to be so sad if he was, was still on the board. I know. I just... 
Somebody was tweeting pictures of him the other day, and I was like, you're killing me. I mean, I get it, and I'm, like, super, like, I understand why he's not here, but I just really enjoyed having him on the team. Okay, so your mm-hmm. team, again, Damian Lillard, Wesley Matthews, Nicholas Batum, Marcus Camby, Yusuf Nurkic, and Evan Turner against my team, CJ, Brandon Roy, there's a duo for you, Maurice Harkless, yeah. LaMarcus Aldridge, Ed Davis, and Al Farouk Aminu. I'm sorry. I think my team would win. I don't know. I just think CJ and Brandon Roy together would be super interesting. Super interesting. Harkless could just run cuts back and forth all the time and dunk. <laughs> and LaMarcus is, he's just, he's just so solid and he would provide a lot of offense so that Ed Davis could do a lot of defense. And then chief would just come in for, you know, to create chaos. Which is much needed in an NBA game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my team might actually not be bad at passing. So. Yeah. Maybe we'd be a really good assisting Blazers team. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they should give us a call. Call us up, Blazers. Yeah. Yeah. All I'll right. help you draft. Well, that'll do it for our teen years draft. This time we got in before the fan vote. So it'll be interesting to see if um, what the fans come mm-hmm. up with. This was there's a lot of fun players. It's hard from. Yeah. Doing it draft style is way harder than just saying these are my five favorite players. Yeah. It's also I think this is a hard decade to pick because you have like almost two decades. Like, it almost feels like it's two decades worth of Blazers. Yeah. Because you have that, like, weird switch where we kind of turned over the team. So you have, like, almost two full Blazer teams to choose from versus kind of having one leader throughout the decade. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like there were a lot of choices. Like, for my center, my other center was going to be Robin Lopez if I didn't get Ed Davis. And that's, like, you know, he's from, like, a... Like I mean, it's like that time just seems so long ago. But again, Lopez and Aldridge together, and Lopez was like, um, uh, he's playing so well this year that you know, I don't know. So he, I, that's where I was like, uh, Ed, Robin, I don't know. Maybe I should have taken Robin Lopez, but I ended up with Ed Davis and Alpha Rucamino on my team. So there's certainly nothing to complain about. No, not at all. All right, you want to take us around the league? Yeah, so around the league, we've got a lot of random things going on. We've got a few things that I just found fascinating, including the Knicks just can't seem to do the right thing. Spike Lee versus James Dolan. What is happening? What is even happening? Okay, so I have the perfect solution for them, and I don't know why they haven't thought about it. And that is they should just hire Spike Lee so he can come in through whatever door he wants and just pay him like a dollar a year to be their like celebrity um ambassador like pay the man like it's the the answer so easy yeah. i don't know why oh wait it's the next <laughs> honestly just make spike lee the owner of the team at this point like just he deserve just hand it over just stolen do the right thing and sell the team i have to say the more things play out the more i respect nick's fans because my God, yeah, what they have been through is like if you're still around, mm-hmm. like that is more stick to itiveness than I could ever imagine in my entire life. I don't think I could have lasted that long. I mean, they're yeah. kind of amazing, and like I, I'm kind of think that's who I'd want backing me up. I mean, obviously, Blazer fans are number one, but boy, mm-hmm. if if I needed loyalty, 
the people who are still sticking with the Knicks at this point are amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Like applause to those fans. Um, oh, they hate themselves so much. I mean, they just. <laughs> I don't know what self-deprecating fandom. I I just it for them. Um, I hope it gets better for you, Knicks fans, because you deserve it. Um, so my ne- the next headline around the league is just Karis Coleman Lavert. End of headline. That's it. Fifty-one points, one steal, five assists, four rebounds, and thirty-five-ish minutes. That it was an incredible performance to watch. It was so much fun. And the whole time I was like, wait, did he just do that? Wait, what is he doing now? What's going on? Like, it was so good. So that's it. Did you watch that game? I did not watch the game. I was watching the I was watching it play out though mm-hmm. <laughs> on Twitter. And I was like, that can't be right. 37 points yeah. in a quarter and overtime. Like, that can't. That can't possibly be. Yeah. And I and I saw a lot of tweets were that were just exactly what you just said there. It was just Karis freaking Levert. <laughs> like, yeah. wow, he really went off. Yeah. Just a really it was it was really fun to watch. They're such a up and down team this year, the Nets are. It's really fascinating. I think it's gonna be really fascinating next year. Mm-hmm. Like right. what happens when, when you have Katie and you have Kyrie. Like healthy, I don't know. I, I have no idea what's going to happen. How that's going to work? I mean, a wild world. So our neighbors in the to to the south of us, uh, we've got Steph returns from the G League. Yeah, that um, former MVP is coming back from some G League minutes, and I'm kind of wondering how do you feel about stars going down and playing a few minutes in the G League to kind of get themselves back after an injury. Do you know if he actually played or did he just work out with them? I think he may have just worked out with them, but either way, I think they definitely scrimmaged. I read a quote about the coach saying, if I can yell at Steph Curry, then I can yell at anyone. That's right. There was there was definitely a scrimmage. You know what? I think that I think it's great. You know, like mm-hmm. nobody's too – I mean, none of these guys I think should be, you know – I guess last season Chandler Parsons declined to go play with the G League team. Mm-hmm. He said that I do not want to go down and do that. But otherwise, I've never heard anybody else say that they didn't want to do that. I mean, it makes a lot of sense if, you know, you need to get run in, but your team is doing something else and it gives you a chance to like – you don't get like a – totally real game situation, but you get to get out there and run hard and you know, I'm all for it. And I think the league's going to be a better place when Steph is back playing. I'm excited to see him back on the court. Yeah, absolutely. I I definitely agree. I think getting that chance to, it can lessen injuries Mm -hmm. in reality. Like if you're watching these players having to go a little bit more full force, maybe we can see less injuries if we're getting more players willing to do that. So I'm all for it. Right on. As well. Well, we had a lot to say, and I didn't think we did. <laughs> no, but we got to get wrapping this up because we got a Blazer game to watch in a few minutes. So before we go, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me at Cassidy Gemmett on Twitter. You can follow the Blazer's Edge Twitter at Blazer's Edge. You can follow the What Podcast 
at Hoops and Talks. And you can subscribe to get us on whatever platform you use to get your podcast with the Blazer's Edge podcast. And you can find me at TCB Biggs. You can also send us your emails, hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. Let's see. We want to know who you think should be Portland's celebrity ambassador. And there was one other thing, but I can't remember what it is anymore. That we Who were- are you drafting? Oh, yeah. Who are you drafting for your 2000 teens team? Write us an email. Tweet at us. Let us know. We love hearing from you. For Cassidy, this is Tara. We will check you next time.